1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And like every Monday show, we're brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your latest insurance needs, they got you covered. You can visit them online at purdyinsurance.com. Their office is located on Market Street in Sunbury. Well, you heard it there in the update show from Steve and and hearing from Jim Ferry on what was probably, uh, it is the worst loss of the year, and as bad a loss as you can have at this point with everything on the line. At home, nonetheless, I get you know COVID whatever, but you still got to be able to do that at home. And we just had Joe Lenardi on on Friday, who said Penn State will make or break themselves. I will not have to do the deciding. Well, guess what? <laughs> I think that I think the fate has been decided, unless somehow Penn State just runs the table and wins the Big Ten championship, which. I don't think uh, I yes. see happening now at this point, Steve. That was no, you, that was not no, good. Yes,
2: it, well, okay. Let me start with, with this, then I'll get into a couple things with that. I think I've made it very plain during the course of a long career, <laughs> which I hope is even longer. <laughs> but, look, I never refer to Penn State uh, as we or us, as you know. But everybody knows, obviously, I want them to win. Okay, No getting around. But you also, it's also important where you try to set things up, where you're honest with the audience about what's either about to transpire or what is transpiring. I opened yesterday's game with anything about as honest an assessment as to what the game meant. I opened the game by saying there are certain games on your schedule that you feel are must-wins. And then there are also certain games on your schedule that fall into the category of can't-lose. I said, this falls into the category of can't-lose. And they lost. In other words, it doesn't matter what the final score of the stupid thing is... This is a game you can't lose. In other words, you can't afford to lose this game. You just got to figure out some way to win it, and then you go on, and now you roll the dice and take your chances with a number one seed on Thursday night. Now you're going to see some fraud, like, hey, the AP says that Ohio State is ranked 13th. Uh, No, boys and girls, Okay. The NCAA came out with its top four seeds for the first time this weekend. They're on the one line, okay? It's Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio State. So in a week where Dick and I both thought they had a very good chance of sweeping and winning at Michigan State and Nebraska, they lost both by a combined total of three points. The last eight minutes should tell you everything about why that game was in the category of, hey, look, you can't you can't you can't lose this game. In the final eight minutes, Penn State ran off twelve unanswered points.
0: That means Nebraska didn't score for eight minutes.
2: And the bottom line is this. When you're doing that over an eight-minute span, you probably should have run off 20 unanswered points, not 12. So I'm going to get to an email. Uh, Dick and I talked afterward. And we're like, okay, you, got, you know. And I and I basically said to Dick, I said, maybe you ought to get out of here tonight and not wait till tomorrow. And he took my advice and he left. Okay. And when he got back, he then sent me an email this morning. Actually, it was a text message this morning. And here's the text message. <laughs> Let's see. I can't stand working with you. Wish you would quit. But okay, now let's get to the other part. No, I'm just kidding. Steve, I went back to look at the numbers of the last four games because the last four games, the problem has been not scoring. Okay? Not scoring is why they've lost after outscoring teams for a long period of time. Went back, Steve, and looked at the last four numbers to see if they match with what you and I are looking at. Interestingly, they really don't. So I'm not sure what this means. Key energy stats for this team are offensive rebounds and steals. Good. Last four games, 49 offensive rebounds. All right, it's better than 12 a game. Now we'll get to some of the reasons why in a moment. 25 steals... 6 per game, that's a little bit low but they forced 47 turnovers so that means when you look at that 49 offensive rebounds 25 steals, 47 turnovers as Dick writes here, all those extra chances are why they beat Maryland and why they led late against Michigan State and Nebraska despite not shooting well steal numbers likely would have been higher a month ago but other than yesterday teams have been walking it up and creating fewer possessions. So now we'll go back to Tuesday night. We had made the point about Wisconsin and Maryland playing at slow paces. They play at a slow pace to begin with. Michigan State does not. And at the under-12 timeout in the first half, I came out of the break and said, Dick, this is what I'm noticing so far. I said, notice how Michigan State is not taking a shot until under six. Michigan State loves to run. They refused to run against Penn State. They had to ratchet down the possessions and did, and they got away with it. So as Dick says, until yesterday, teams have been walking it up, so fewer possessions in the games, no doubt. Yesterday, not true. Nebraska's ran up and down the floor. I still don't see the same jump from a few weeks ago, Steve. Looked tired mentally and physically. He and I really feel strongly about that. Now, let's see. I'll get to the... Uh, I'll skip down to the bottom. The Big Ten free throw discrepancy has essentially been eliminated. Remember I was telling you how ridiculous it was that Penn State was getting fewer attempts altogether in every game, game after game, fewer attempts than the other team was making, which is absurd, I mean, in the Big Ten, everybody's physical. Well, that is that free throw discrepancy has essentially been eliminated. So that's not an issue. That's out. Now let's get to the issue. Besides, obviously, the, the mental and physical fatigue with everything. There have been 154 misses in the last four games. Thus, a lot of opportunities, going back to the first sentence, for offensive rebounds. But the 31.8% offensive rebound percentage that they have is similar to the season and, by the way, is easily number one in the Big Ten. So they've been a good offensive rebounding team all year. There's just more offensive rebounds available right now. The bottom line is the obvious that you and I have been talking about. In the last four games... Penn State is 80 of 234 from the field, 34.2%. Now remember, the last three games, one by five, lost by two, lost by one. Doing that while still shooting 34.2%. As you know, I break down on my chart two-point and three-point percentage, offense and defense. Defense. Well, here's the offense breakdown. Dick gave me 55 of 133, 41.4% on twos. 41.4% on twos. 25 of 101 on threes, 24.8%. Now here's the baffling one. In the same four games, they're forty-five and fifty-five at the free throw line, eighty-two <laughs> percent. They're shooting a higher percentage at the free throw line than they did the rest of the season. Everything else, right now, is is bottomed out. And I know, you know, yeah. There's always the hot shot on the on the board. There's always the hot shot at the tailgate. You know, football, basketball. It's the scheme. Look at the offense they run. Are you watching what we're watching? I mean, really, are you watching what we're watching? Yesterday in particular, one open shot after another. Now, Jamari Wheeler is missing open shots, all right? To be frank with you, let's be, again, we're having a totally honest conversation here about this. Jamari Wheeler's open for a reason. The other team wants him to shoot. Unless he makes two of them. Not one. He has to make two of them for them to really come out and play him. John Harris goes out. You're obviously not going to do this. It's like when Kofi Coburn goes out, you're, not, it's like you're going to slough way off of him. All right? Same thing with Johnny, because Johnny's not going to shoot it. Wheeler can shoot it, but you're not going to play him. You, okay, You want him to shoot that shot. Seth Lundy, you don't. Myron Jones, you don't. Miles Dredd, you don't. And even though Isaiah Brockington has gone a while since hitting a three, Zay only takes one of them a game, unless it's late shot clock. He usually just tries taking one a game. You look at it, it's like okay, he's all one, oh one, oh one. But you have to play out on Brockington for this reason. Brockington can hit the 15- to 17-foot jumper. Because he hits the 15- to 17-foot jumper, when he catches the ball at the three-point line, he can't lay off of him. Because all he has to do is step in, like, two, three steps, and he can take the shot. So you got to play out on him, too. They're getting open shots. Miles Dredd can put the game away with a wide-open three in the corner. Wide open. Can put the game away. Okay? Well, guess what? Sometimes you miss it. Okay? The set they ran at the end of the Michigan State game. On the wing. Wide open three, Miles dread, Right on line. Just missed. Because right now, for whatever reason, you have a team-wide shooting slump. And they're getting open shots. Now, the last play of the game, I like the last play of the game that Jim called for. They take him, run Brockington to a strong hand, his left, goes in there. And I didn't think there was a foul in that play. I really didn't. Right? He just got tied up on the thing. All right. Now, I think Penn State's spacing was lousy. Penn State has to do a better job of spacing. So whether you watch Michigan, Michigan has superior spacing It's part of the NBA concepts that Jawan Howard has, where the spacing is terrific, and there are options off the spacing. Penn State, you, when Penn State's been running well this year, they've had great spacing, and they had some great, great spacing yesterday. Well, the game, it wasn't clogged up yesterday, not in the least. They had one wide-open shot after another, and he just didn't hit it. Now, here's where the players made a mistake yesterday, and this is a big mistake. Every game I do when it gets under four minutes and it's close and they played 17 games this year 8 of the 17 have been 5 points or less I always off of every timeout the under 4 and then any coach timeout I give a game reset score team fouls timeouts remaining possession arrow who's in foul trouble simple when I give you the fouls I give them for two reasons so let's take yesterday I told you that Nebraska had 18 fouls that meant any foul, Penn State is at the line, it's 1 plus 1 unless it's a shooting foul it's 2, but any foul is going to put him at the line I told you that Penn State had 14 fouls and I explained the dual purpose of that, in other words on a foul, Nebraska's not shooting and number 2, if Nebraska got the ball Penn State had 2 fouls to give When Teddy Allen got, when Nebraska got the ball on a live ball turnover, live ball turnover, that's the key. The bench was yelling to foul as quickly as possible. Now, why? To stop him from scoring? Yeah, that's one, but that's not the entire reason. Okay? Obviously, you want to stop him from scoring before he takes a shot. But the other part is because it's a live ball turnover, Everybody, it becomes a a scramble drill, okay? By committing the foul, you now can set your defense up. And by the way, still had the luxury of another foul to give. And the players on the play had some brain slippage and did not do. The bench was yelling, foul him, foul him. Right? Not in the shot. Just foul him. Right? That way we'll set up the defense. And you saw, if you watch the Illinois-Nebraska game, you saw Nebraska at the end of that game try and run a play. And they never even got a shot up. They got all fouled up. McGowan's had it. Allen came over. We don't know what Allen was doing. We think Allen thought he was setting a screen. All he did was bring his man with him and create a double team. And in 2021, this was the perfect pandemic reaction. Fred Hoiberg was so mad at his team on that play Friday night, he ripped off his mask and he threw it to the floor. Okay, now that's 2021 right there. But that's why you foul there. You foul on that particular, and the bench was yelling to foul him. They were well aware of what the team foul situation was. Again, it's under that category. There are games that fall into the category of, boy, you feel like this is a must-win, a line-in-the-sand game. And then there are a couple of games along the way where you say, you know what, this is in the category of game you can't lose. Yesterday was under that category of game you can't lose, and they did I think that's a fair assessment of what we saw. It also kept Matt from talking about the Eagles and Ertz. All right.
1: Yes, another frustrating situation. That's another topic for another day.
2: These are your people. Yep. See, the difference is I'm able to calmly talk about what was an on-the-floor disaster yesterday in a calm, reasonable, logical way. Okay, <laughs> I call f- not once did I call for anybody to be fired.
1: No, and to be fair, I, I think there was fault on both sides yesterday, but definitely with the players, and that, la- that last is mostly on the players. You kind of know the situation.
2: Well, especially in an empty arena. I know they're piping in noise, but they can hear you. Okay? They can hear you. They're yelling foul. We, we can see them yelling foul. Yeah? It's, you know, what? Terrible coaching at the end. Yeah, the, uh, the group that was yelling foul. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's That's horrible. Okay? Go back to your keyboard. All right, back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: This winter has been brutal, but at least I can still get around Whew, in my new all-wheel drive Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. You wanna see- Sunbury Motors Kia makes getting around easy with the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Kia Sorento. You'll love the new look inside and out. Sunbury Motors Kia has six in stock with 1.9% financing for up to 66 months. 2021 Kia Sorentos start at $31,490. That's not the only all-wheel drive Sunbury Motors Kia has to help you get around. The 2021 Kia Sportage is ready for winter adventures and starts at 23464 And there's 23 to choose from. Also, check out the 2021 all-wheel drive Seltos and K5. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10 year, 100,000 mile power train warranty. Let the adventure begin at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited power warranty. For details, see dealer over to Kia.com. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Today's show is brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in summary, go to PurdyInsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll do whatever they can to save you money that includes bundles. They'll make sure you're insured. They'll get you the best price and customer service means everything to them all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Su. Go to com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at SunburyMotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at SunburyMotors.com. With that, we now bring in... A man who will never mention, and nor will we ever mention the name again to him of any muscle-bound golfer because he is a purist on the course, Nate Bauer.
3: Actually, <laughs> doesn't even matter anymore now that Speeth's back.
2: Yeah, your guy is back. I mean, Speeth is back. You know, he's back. Like he is back. You ever interview Speeth?
3: No, I I mean, uh, it's the one thing that my job does not give me the opportunity to do. Otherwise, I would hang out with golfers all the time.
2: Yeah, good guy. You'd like him. Very, very humble, very down-to-earth. So, Okay, so let's start with Tim Banks. Uh, Pete Thamel's reporting that not just being a candidate but he thinks that he's on the verge of taking the uh, Tennessee defensive coordinator job uh, what's your information what are your thoughts
3: yeah that's um, I, I guess that's my first my jumping off point is that I'm I'm not sure what efforts if any are being made to retain uh, Tim banks at Penn State right I mean uh, certainly James Franklin has had a what I would describe as a long history now <laughs> of, you know, his assistants being poached, right? And so, you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's for an obvious promotion, which he has long been, uh, you know, in favor of, you know, he's never going to stand in the way of uh, a, a guy getting, um, you know, a head coaching gig or a coordinator gig. Um, but if... If this report to Tennessee is accurate and it's the sole D.C. job, then then obviously. I mean, you know, Penn State's probably not going to be able to do anything uh, to convince him to stay. But if it's a co-D.C. role, which is what he already is with with Brent Pry at at Penn State, then, you know, that would be a different story and something that I would guess. James Franklin is, is probably trying to to stand in the way of, I mean, you know, obviously by offering better compensation here at Penn State.
2: Right, and, uh, and and let's face it, it's it's not just the ability to be a sole defensive coordinator, but also there is there's money that's involved in this as well. And Tennessee has been known to be very free with the with the football money. How about that?
3: Yeah. No, it's – well, <laughs> in a variety of ways, right, Steve? Variety um, of ways,
2: yes. <laughs> variety of ways.
3: No, I mean, it's 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 tough. It's tough. I I, I mean, it, I was chatting with a buddy earlier today. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, James Franklin's coaching tree is remarkable <laughs> at this point. I mean, the the number of guys that have been through Penn State you know, during his tenure, and have gone on to take bigger, better jobs. is uh, It's pretty remarkable given the context of of Penn State's most recent history, right? I mean, just, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about 195 million combined years on Penn State's coaching staff under under Joe Paterno, and that's just. Yeah. That's just not the case anymore. That's just not the the, the new reality, uh, you, you know, at Penn State.
2: And in the broadcast booth. All right, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I opened yesterday's basketball broadcast, and, you know, I you, you try to be frank with everybody up front with about what the stakes of the day happen to be, and I said there are certain games that are under the line in the sand... Need to win this game, I said. There are also games on the schedule that quote you can't lose. I said this is one of the games. They lost it. Uh, yep. Your your thought the last last four games. Your thoughts on what was seen then, which dovetails into what happened yesterday.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it, is it is it the the one that buries them. No, not necessarily given the fact that there are so many opportunities that continue to exist, right? I mean, if you, if you knock off four top 25 teams on your way out, then sure, you're, you know, you're going to put yourself back in the conversation. But that's at, at this point, that's a distraction from the reality of what this team is, right? And what this team is currently – is one that can't score. <laughs> and you just
2: which is which is shocking cuz that's not what they were before this.
3: Correct. And and it's it's you know, it's just a it's just a complete departure from from the thing that they had going for them, the thing that made them such a potent team. You know that it wasn't going to happen every single night. Um you know, but it was their variety of scoring, right? It, it wasn't just that Myron Jones could go off for 20. It's that Brockington could go off for 20. Lundy could go off for 20. You know, you, you have these combinations of scores who can all do it uh, in different ways, and, and that's supposed to be, you know, y- 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 your ammunition. That's supposed to be what allows you to uh, compensate for the fact that, you know, there are some deficiencies elsewhere in, in terms of, of what they're able to do. But, you know, uh, look, uh, under... So they scored 61 yesterday. They've had four straight games, you know, scoring 61 or fewer points, which is essentially, uh, other than the Michigan game earlier in the season, those are like the four lowest-scoring games that they've had all year. And they're all happening all in a row. And they managed to get a win in one of them against Maryland. But overall, you know, they, won three. they've got Lost their ability to to compete uh, the way that they need to to be able to win games at
2: this level. Well, Dick Girardi sat down and and ran numbers this morning and sent it to me. You know, and, and he went through everything. You know, their offensive rebounding is still terrific. Their steal numbers, while not where they were before, are still great. They're forcing turnovers, so they're getting extra chances. Yep. but the bottom line is and, and by the way the free throw discrepancy which was horrible and illogical before for various reasons and I'll not I will not leave that up to your imagination has <laughs> been elim, has been eliminated yeah I mean that's been eliminated that's not even in that's not even the conversation anymore yep. Penn State in the last four games is 80 of two hundred thirty four from the field thirty four point two percent no, other they're averaging 20 baskets a game, too. They're 55 of 133, 41.4% on twos. 25 of 101, 24.8% on threes. And then to really tell you that life is screwy, they're 45 of 55, 82% at the line.
3: I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> figure that out.
3: No, they just... they. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't think that there's – you know, over the years, we've always had these conversations about whether or not they're getting open shots, right? Coaching is about getting open shots. You can't make the shot go in, but your right. ability as a coach, generally speaking, in, in the profession, is rated on your ability to to get open looks for your guys.
2: Exactly, I, exactly. I,
3: I, I think that the quality of the shot has been there for oh. – for, you know uh, the majority of the past four games but they just they just don't go in i mean I, you know it's 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 uncanny but you know every time yesterday and now i'm, I'm just speaking about yesterday every time that penn state had the opportunity to to, to produce any type of run i mean they really did, like Yeah, they went on a 12-0 run, I guess, when they were down 11 to finish the game because Nebraska just completely clammed up and couldn't score at all. But that wasn't even really a run, right? Like, Penn State has so many opportunities to make difference-making baskets that would go halfway down and pop out. You know, uh, just good looks that just did not... Go in, and even even at the very end, you know, you've got this extended possession for a minute in crunch time. You get two offensive rebounds, yeah, and two great looks. You know, it it just the opportunities have been there. Penn State has not been able to capitalize on them, and as a result, they're in huge trouble.
2: Well, and that that's and the issue on the shooting part you're right about the open shots cuz dick and i have repeat you and i you and i know you listen to some of the broadcasts that's where it doubles our ratings uh that we'll talk about it's an open shot or it's contested yep. they've had a lot of open shots during the course of this four game streak a lot of open shots yesterday they had one open shot after another now let's uh, and and you got to be honest with the audience, okay? I don't include Jamari Wheeler in that open shot stuff. I don't. Yep. And the yep. reason I don't is he is open for a reason. Okay. Right? Yep. He has to. He has to make a couple in a game for somebody to come out and finally play him. So he's open for a reason, right? The other guys are not, and they're just missing. I mean, can you dial up a better end of end of the game play for Miles Dread uh, at Michigan State?
3: Yep. Right. Well, Miles, mean, Miles, corner, M-
2: Miles right? Dredd, he's open in the corner. Wide open. Yep. I mean, I'm telling you, that's a practice gym jumper.
3: Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, I mean, it's it, like, it, it's hard because it's not, as Jim Ferry said it yesterday, it's not for lack of trying. You know, it's that, like, Miles Dredd's a great kid. Myron Jones is a great kid. Brocky yep. Tick's great kid. Like, you know, they're trying really, really hard. And I, you know, certainly from my end, and I know from your end, you don't want to make it seem like you're piling on, but that's their job. <laughs> right? well, like, sure it their is. job right. is to make shots, given yep. those opportunities. Um, you know, in those very specific situations, that's what separates winning and losing. You had a Nebraska team who did everything that it possibly could to give that game away.
2: And, Usually you and, go on a twelve you know, there are two ways of going on a twelve oh run, Nate. One is with a sledgehammer, the other yep. one is with paper cuts. Okay. Yep. That was eight minutes of paper cuts.
3: Yep. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean you you, you know, there are it, it's it's hard to describe after the fact, but there are just there are these moments where games can be controlled. Games that aren't in control can be taken by one team or the other. And Nebraska had those opportunities too, right? When Penn State was really struggling shooting the ball no at the beginning of the no second doubt. half, Nebraska had a chance yep. to put that game away, and they didn't. They didn't right? They, didn't. They, went up, they went up eleven, but it was never really in Nebraska's control. Penn State had that same opportunity coming down the home stretch, and it, you know, it just just was not uh, it was not to be. And and you can live with that if you haven't lost. All of those previous opportunities. It's not that yesterday right. happened. It's that yeah. Michigan State happened. It's that at Ohio State happened. It's that at Indiana happened. It's that Seton Hall happened. All of those things they, they have played, been, yeah, right. I mean, they've all contributed to this issue.
2: Nate, they've played 17 games this season. Eight of the 17 have been decided by five points or less. Yeah. Uh, so the combination of Close games. Great competition. That's why you play the number one schedule. Uh, like everybody else, now yeah, everybody's dealing with this part, the COVID part. But they had a pause. Yep. They had to come out of it. They had some condensed games. But everybody's dealing with COVID. But it's still an issue. And other outside circumstances, do you think the team at this point has hit a wall mentally and physically, because you can see the efforts there, but, like, there's not the same jump as before.
3: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, I, I always struggle with this because I, I don't live in their head, right? And, and I, I mean, one thing that comes to mind for me is even last year, Miles Dredd, or maybe it was two years ago, Miles Dredd was asked about being in a shooting slump, and he was like, you know, they practice so much, Right, like they play the game so much that right. things that look like slumps to us are. Yeah, but like I'm not. We, just, we have such yeah, a very I'm, limited I'm, window Nate, of seeing it. And Nate, so, in the span of Miles Dredd's career, he's been having slumps forever.
2: Yeah, right? but <laughs> like Nate, Nate, yeah, but Nate, I'm not talking about the shooting part. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that extra jump where the body is willing, it's not quite, like you're not quite, you'll get a deflection but not quite get the steal. You'll get to a rotation, but you're a half step, like that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, the yep. shooting part happens. I mean, that happens.
3: Yeah, they, but they, you know, I, I would argue that they had it in the last eight minutes yesterday. That they had, I mean, that, you know, uh, Jamari Wheeler steal. Some of, the, some of the pressure stuff that they had in the three-quarter court. Um right. You know, uh, John Harris, again. You know, some of these offensive rebounds are are incredible. Again, like the the last, they had a possession for what a minute and eight seconds. You know, and then and then they have a turnover, and that that's what loses it for them.
2: Live ball turnover, but again, they make the mental mistake as players because the bench was yelling foul. Yep. The bench was yelling the foul. Yep. And the and the players. Didn't foul him. In other words, not to not so he doesn't score. Okay, I, I, okay. Let's take the obvious low hanging fruit off the table. It's so you can set your defense.
3: Right. Yep. Yeah, and I asked I asked I asked Ferry yesterday after the game whether or not he had considered at any point, you know after the first offensive re- and you know this is a basketball thing that uh, right certainly there are others who are smarter than me but after the first after the first offensive rebound, I thought maybe uh, they could have spent a timeout to, to set the offense again. Um, but, you know, he, he just said that he didn't want to give the opportunity for, for Nebraska to set its defense. And I, I understand that. You know, they, that's, that's basketball. It's jazz. They, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They have a call. They make it on the floor, and you go. Um, but it, it just, they're just didn't, it, it seems so frenetic. You know, they just there wasn't a composure to the way that they were able to operate in the last two minutes, and on a larger scale, you start to wonder if that's just that's just history building on itself. It's just one game after another, after another, after another. It just you know starts to play into to how you perform in those situations.
2: Well, it's never been an issue for you. All right, that's right. Thank you so much. It's, it's There's no such thing in your world as physical or mental fatigue.
3: It, I was just watching the Golf Channel, and they Jordan Spieth said that his failure was a physical one yesterday, and they rejected it outright. They said, no, you, you don't get to do that. It, it's the easy excuse when you're not having success, because if you acknowledge that it's a mental issue, then you've got all of these things that you have this maze that's hard to understand that you have to sort through, Um, you know, whereas the physical is something tangible, something that you can, you can try to correct. And so that's, that's golf. But, you know, I think there is some uh, application uh, on the, on the basketball side here as well.
2: (laughs) Well, based on what I do, (laughs) There's no mental fatigue. All right. (laughs) Nate, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks
3: so much. I appreciate you having me.
2: Nate Bauer, Blue White Illustrated. We'll come back with more in a moment. Again, today's show has a purpose behind it. So far, we have kept eagles complaining to an absolute minimum because based on what I'm reading Those segments have led to ratings collapse. We want more positive stories. Okay, back with more in a moment.
3: Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. 2021 has begun, and this is the perfect time to make sure you're protecting what matters most. Whether it be you, your family, or your business, we have the experience and knowledge you need to help navigate through the process. Our office remains available to service our new and current clients by phone at 570-286-5855, by email, and by appointment. Purdy Insurance, what can we do for you?